0: Welcome to the Rebel Heart Coaching Podcast, where BSN registered nurse, integrative health practitioner, and board certified life coach Samantha Shatek teaches you how to go beyond managing your circumstances and start intentionally creating a life you love using her proven strategies. Hey, friend. How are you today? I'm talking today about the five things I learned from being homeless in the woods. So, the reason I wanted to talk about this topic is because I was thinking about how much I've experienced in life, and I've had such a rich and incredible life. And I got to thinking about telling somebody this story. And almost forgetting that that was a part of my experience. And then I started thinking about how many things I really did learn and how that experience really did inform and shape me. And it contributed to who I am today. So I wanted to take the time to revisit this time in my life. And I can give you just a little bit of the backstory before I go into the five things that I learned So I was living in Santa Fe at the time, in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I had moved down there to attend a massage school and I got dual certified in massage therapy and somatic therapy. And I loved it in Santa Fe. And so I stayed after graduation and cultivated a practice. And I worked at a few different places as well. And I was at a time where I had been living with a group of people in a really lovely home off of Candelario Street in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And I was at a point where we had to move out of the house. I had been living with several people that lived at the house, but one of the people that lived at the house was named Simone and we eventually ended up becoming girlfriends. And we were still dating at this point, but we weren't sure that we wanted to live together necessarily. But even if we did want to live together, there was sort of A little bit of a housing shortage in Santa Fe for affordable housing. So we were both looking individually and I think somewhat collectively to see if we could find the next place that we could rent. And we were not having very much success either way. So we were looking for both a place where we could live perhaps individually, maybe together, and time was running out. So we talked one day jokingly and said, well, we could just live in the woods. And I don't think either one of us thought that we were really that serious. I think that there was a part of both of us, though, that really was sort of fascinated at the time with what it would be like to live that way and to sort of rough it and find a our way in the woods. And there was some kind of a fascination for the adventure of it. I don't think if there had been housing available, we would have chosen that option. But because time was running out, the option sort of presented itself to us. So we kept looking until the end And of course, then the lease was up, and we just started to make plans to live in the Santa Fe National Forest. Both of us did have jobs at the time. I was working at a spa and resort called Ojo Caliente, it was a natural hot spring. I was a massage therapist there, and she was working in town at an herb shop. So we both had jobs. So I just want to make it clear that we did have the privilege of having work and being able to afford certain things, but there was a mix between having a real kind of a crisis and not being able to find a home and also this sense of adventure of the unknown of what if we just stayed in the woods. So just want to make it clear that it wasn't a traditional homeless situation. Although I'll go on to tell you here in just a moment, it it was nonetheless very intense and challenging and also incredibly beautiful and life-changing. So once we made the decision, we started to strategically plan the best we could for being two people who have never lived in the woods for three months. (laughs) And we we just tried to plan as best we could. Um, there was things that we learned along the way and had to adapt, but we just started packing and planning. And just to give you a little insight as to where we were, we were up in the Santa Fe National Forest. So it was just outside of town, but it was this road that weaved and did a bunch of switchbacks up the mountain, and. So mileage wise, it wasn't very far, but it took quite a while to get up to the site where we had decided to be. And so we, you have to take these switchbacks up the mountain. And we were pretty much almost at the top of the mountain, not quite at the very top where the ski hill is, but we were we were pretty far up. And so there was an area where you, there was a little parking lot and there was a trail there And we found a spot that was a little bit off the trail. But here's the kicker. So in order to get to our site that we scoped out, you had to walk across two logs that were laid down across a a stream. And that was truly the only way to get to this little piece of land that we had scoped out. So we chose that for a couple of reasons just because we thought that anyone that was hiking through might not go that way and that it was a little bit more hidden um, from like a main trail so it was so intense we went there the first day and I just remember thinking driving up the mountain like feeling surreal about it I had growing up uh, I had camped a lot and so It sort of just felt like a camping trip. It didn't really hit me in a lot of ways that I was really going to be living there. Like that was going to be my home for at least three months. And so um, we got up to the site and I'm not kidding you, it was raining. It started to rain and we were trying to set up our home in the woods in the rain and I (laughs) lost it. It was horrible. I just, I sort of kind of felt like, wow, I can't believe what I've gotten myself into. It's raining. It kind of hit me like this is for real. And and when we moved there, I believe it was late May, maybe mid to early June. And I believe we were there, although my memory is a little bit foggy about the exact dates. I believe we were there for three months uh, through either the end of August, maybe beginning of September which would have been, you know, summer season in Santa Fe. So it was pretty warm, even though the altitude was a little bit more. So it was cooler than it was down in the valley. But that was the time frame that we were there. So here I am with my girlfriend, my sweet dog, Chewbacca. And we are now setting up our home in the rain. And that was, really tough. And that was sort of appropriate for many of the experiences to come up on the mountain. But we did end up settling in and we figured out our system and just to paint a little bit of a picture as to what it was like for us. Uh, And then I will go into the five things that I learned uh, from being homeless in the woods. So we had a tarp with metal, uh, like an easy up uh, tarp that we tied down. And that was the covering over sort of our kitchen. We had a pop-up table. We had a Coleman stove. And then underneath the table, we kept Rubbermaid lid or Rubbermaid containers with lids that had everything in it that was perishable so that animals could not get to it. And then we had our tent set up. We had two different tents and we had a clothesline and there we of course made a fire pit fire area where we would also keep warm and cook. And really nearby us, we had on either side of us, we had a stream slash river and the one part of the river was a little bit deeper and this is where we would go to bathe on most days in the cold stream with Dr. Bronner's and uh, that there was another stream close by and this stream was more shallow and easier to access. And this is where we would do dishes. Uh, We would also keep our cooler in the river And this is so that we would keep it, keep the food colder. We would have, we would run down into town maybe every two days, three days. Sometimes it would be more or less. And we would get ice for the cooler and we would put the cooler in the river but in order for animals to not get at the food, we would have to put rocks on top of the cooler inside of the stream. So just trying to paint a picture about maybe some of the things that we did in everyday life and kind of how we set our camp up. And for our water, we had two five-gallon jugs. Also, I believe we had three-gallon jugs. And we would fill those up in town as needed. And now remember. Everything that we had to haul into camp, not only to set up initially, but subsequently after that, anything that we hauled up, including groceries, water jugs, anything, had to be carried up a trail quite a ways, maybe about, I would say, five to ten minutes up a trail at least, and then across two logs crossing a stream. So a lot of times I remember having two really heavy water jugs with a backpack on and the dog behind me and literally crossing the stream with all of this stuff on me. And that was just our everyday reality. So I hope you're getting a little bit of an idea by me painting a picture of what this scenario is. And now I'm going to move into the five things I learned from being homeless in the woods and I certainly probably learned more than this, but this is my way of summarizing what I learned. Number one, feeling fear and discomfort, but doing it anyway. So because I lived in the woods, there was no other option for me than to be exposed. I felt so vulnerable at times. You got to remember, I would sometimes come back to the camp And Simone, my girlfriend, would not be there. And I would just have my headlamp on and it would be dark. And I would literally shine my headlamp into the woods. And sometimes there would be glowing eyes staring back at me. And I was terrified at times. Now, sometimes I wasn't terrified. And of course, it was peaceful. But every moment there was such a reflection about what was happening for me in my own brain and body and some of the things that i was afraid of were legitimate concerns but a lot of the fear coming up were just things that i needed to i think take a look at and um so you know i mean it's like i just had to find a way to work through the fear and the vulnerability and the exposure i mean just being a woman alone in the woods i mean that's intense you know one really beautiful thing of many about this time in the woods is that the majority of trees that were surrounding us and protecting us were aspen trees and if you know anything about aspens they're pretty incredible trees we had this tree book at the time it was a book of trees like the properties of trees and all of that but One of the things it said is that aspens often represent fearlessness. And I thought that that was so interesting because that is exactly one of the things I was working through. And the uh, energy of an aspen tree, it means different things in different cultures, but it's about this idea of how do we connect to this limitless spiritual power within us so that we don't fear anything in the world. Um, Another element of the Aspens is that they are this wonderful grouping of trees and they form their root systems underground. And sometimes they lie dormant for a while until the conditions are just right. And then they will sprout up and they are clones of all of the surrounding trees. And so there's this amazing network of Aspens that come up from underneath the ground and that's not how most other trees operate. So they're this really unique community of trees and there is an element in that about, you know, connecting with others in community and the people around us um, as a way to, you know, ensure our survival and our happiness. And I think the Aspen's uh, not lost on me that that was one of the things that they were showing me during my time up there. Aspen symbolism also provokes a sense of an adventure and encourages us to recognize sort of our own wings. And then when we have done this, we can have the courage to sort of go off on our own, expand our ideas and have the confidence to express ourselves hopefully more openly, honestly, and fully And I think that this was a perfect timing in retrospect about this lesson as well. I mean, there was so much happening at that time in my life and it was just a really powerful time and the Aspens were this constant backdrop for me of feeling protected and nurtured and if you've ever seen an aspen, it's similar to the birch leaf in the sense that it shimmers and it shakes and it's really reflective and they quake and they almost vibrate and talk. And that became a really important part of my experience in the mountains. Another example of feeling afraid is I think about halfway through our stay. There was um, a man by himself that started to camp sort of near us. And so when we would go on hikes, we would see him across the way. And I never got a horrible feeling, but I didn't really get a great feeling. And my dog, who was Chewbacca, if you know her, she was so calm and super chill and never really barked at anyone or anything when we would pass this guy on the trail, she would bark. And she, one time we passed him more closely and she growled and that was not like her. And so that kind of, that kind of, kind of put my hackles up to be honest. And there was definitely in the back of my mind, um, a real kind of concern about this individual, although it seemed like he was sort of doing what we were doing. Um, There was just a little bit of a hesitancy there. And so I had to always constantly be on guard really and work through that fear as well. And, you know, calculate what danger is real and what danger am I making up and how to work through that on a daily basis. Not to mention the other fear that would come up about just being in the woods alone with animals and vulnerability. And the second thing that I think I learned from this time in the woods is to be creative. And that sounds generic, but when you're living out there, it's really crucial that your creativity is flowing because you have to use what you have and what's surrounding you in really creative ways in order to be more comfortable and survive. And it's not like we didn't, you know, we both had cars, we had access to town, we had a, we had jobs, we had food, but we weren't close to town. So we sometimes really did have to be really creative. And one example is, you know, having our food stolen from the cooler and having the ice melt super quickly, even if the cooler was in the shade. So that's where we got really creative and we put a heavy rock on the cooler and put the cooler in the river. So being creative in that way. And then also, just being creative about everyday things like how to wash our dishes and having finding new systems uh, where our environment was just to function um, was super important. Um, number three, I would say, is critical thinking. And this is what I mean. Um, it was really important to try to be prepared and plan ahead and stay safe, but also to stay flexible and present in the moment and adaptable. Um, there was so many times where this kind of goes along with number two, where creativity and critical thinking were just crucial. Um, we had to just strategically plan as best as we could, but things would come up and then you just adapt. And I'm trying to think of a good, uh example right now. And and one specifically isn't coming to mind. But I think it was an ongoing theme that challenged us just to use what we have, plan what we can, and then adapt and be flexible and keep going. And I would say number four is the something that I really already knew, and I had already felt this deeply in my bones. But I think It's something that I further cultivated in my life. And that was listening to nature and to my own inner nature both. Um, And I was talking about this with the Aspens, but there really is a wisdom and a voice and a sound of nature. And I really spent so much time laying in the hammock or sitting up there just with nature, just with my thoughts. And there gets to be this channel that opens that had never really fully opened to me before just spending so much time either alone or even with this other person just in the woods as your constant surrounding immediately touching you without any walls dividing you and separating you from the trees and from the plants and from the grass. So I think that's something that, was really beautiful that I think I didn't realize at the time that I was cultivating more so and improving on. Number five, I would say is resilience. I think observing nature's resilience, but also I'm personally tougher than maybe I thought I was. And through like the harsh elements and all the tough times and really building character and strength inside of myself and building my spirit as well. And I know a lot of people that do extreme outdoor activities or competitions have felt this and this is something that drives them that the irony of challenging ourselves physically and mentally and maybe isolating ourselves brings us almost closer to ourselves or closer to God or closer to source. And so I definitely felt this. That it was just something that when I got done with the experience, although it was challenging and in a way I felt a little bit haggard, it was also like I really felt like I can do anything. I mean, it just did something to my brain and body and spirit that was just perfect for me at that point in my life and on my journey. Even though the experience was really difficult at the time, looking back, I am so glad that I lived that particular experience. It's so rich with memories and adventure. And some of the things that were cultivated in me were really powerful and positive things. I'm curious where maybe you experienced something super challenging in your life. And upon looking back, where you maybe learned or grew or had really powerful experiences because of those challenges. Thanks so much for listening today, and I'll see you next week. And hey, I also want to invite you to join me for my six-month coaching program. I'll work with just you one-on-one, and I'm going to help you get the results that I know you can get. I promise your life will be different. Go to www.revelheartcoaching.com to sign up for a consult today. I'll see you inside.